0: Dogs are not our whole life, but they make our lives whole. Roger Karras. Welcome, everyone, to Palatine Parkcast. I'll be your host, J.P. McNamara. On this episode... Our main story is about our love of dogs, how we in Palatine promote social gatherings and events for dog owners, how to care for your dog responsibly, and why they are such great companions. Let's get started. A couple of quick updates in the Park District to keep you up to date. Our 42nd annual Turkey Trot is now taking registration. Continue or start the yearly tradition with a great run to celebrate Thanksgiving. We look forward to seeing everyone at Harper on November 24th. Our park renovation project at Finch Park has been completed. The new playground is open and looks great. The tennis court project at Dutch Schultz has also been completed. Come out and play tennis on the brand new courts. There are also lights available for evening play. This month, we sat down with veterinarian Dr. Sophia Simone to talk about our canine companions and how to interact and care for them. We also go over some fun facts discussing common misconceptions about dogs. So grab your shoes, a leash, and your best friend on four legs. And let's go for a walk around the block with our conversation about dogs. All right, I'm here with Dr. Sophia Simone from Gulf Rose Animal Hospitals. Dr. Sophia, thank you very much for joining us. Of course, of course. All right, we're gonna just jump right into some questions. I know we have a lot of dog lovers in the Palatine community. So that's kind of what we're going to focus on here. We have a lot of dog events in the community, four per year. We have our Hound Egg Hunt, our Canine Carnival, our Halloween event that is coming up on October 5th, and our Santa Paws events. So a lot to do here in the community at Palatine Park District. We're going to talk with Dr. Sophia a little bit about herself and your path towards becoming a veterinarian and your relationship with dogs.
1: For sure. So um, I'm Canadian, so my journey actually started in Ontario. Um, I did my undergraduate um, program at University of Guelph in Guelph, Ontario. Um, then I, I, after my undergraduate studies, I went on to vet school at Ross University on St. Kitts. I did my last year of clinical studies, um, which is all in-hospital training at University of Minnesota. So I was there for a year and learned quite a lot to, before coming to Gulf Rose Animal Hospital.
0: That's unbelievably cool. I've uh, been all over the world learning about animals. Any um, specific regions or anything that is that has taught you anything unique or interesting?
1: I would say... so. In my undergraduate studies, I was working at a vet practice that was in northern Ontario by where my, my cottage was. So I saw a lot of medicine up north and that was very, very interesting and it taught me a lot. Just seeing the different regions of of veterinary practice and how medicine is performed differently, you know, in different communities because different communities need different things. So seeing, you know, how veterinary medicine works at a Smaller community level, and then um, throughout my studies, going to a big university teaching hospital where they're practicing, you know, at a much different level where they have cardiologists, neurologists, and a lot of veterinary specialties. It's very just cool to see on different scales.
0: That's awesome. All right. We, uh, I mentioned that we have several dog events here at Palatine Park District. One of the reasons we do that is to have our community members interact with one another. But also, how important is it for dogs to interact and socialize with one another?
1: Yeah, I think it's very important. It's great um, mental stimulation and it's great physical exercise for them. Um, and it's very important, especially um, in puppies for their behavioral development to to be socializing with other dogs, meeting other people, being in new environments. So that first three months of life for puppies is a very important time for them. Um, and if they're not socializing and, and being exposed to a lot of different different, environments and different people and places they can develop some anxiety and behavioral problems so i think you know these events are very important for them it's also very important though um, for the puppies to be fully vaccinated so that they're not contracting a lot of health issues that that they can be exposed to and and big populations of dogs. So making sure that they're fully vaccinated before they're interacting with other dogs is also really important, making sure they have preventative medicine on board. So they have their heartworm and their flea and tick um, and their vaccines is is all very, very good. But yeah, I think these events are are really great for the dogs and great for the people too.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that uh, it is a requirement for all of our Palatine Park District events that your dog be fully vaccinated and current up on its shots. So that's a great point that you bring up. Uh, We're we're very into health and safety here at the Palatine Park District and it does not just extend to people. It uh, extends to our canine friends as well. As we enter into fall... Do you have any common ailments or problems that you see with the colder weather? Anything our listeners can attempt to avoid?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, once we start getting into the winter season, wearing protect- protective booties for our dogs, um, just to protect their paws against like frostbite and the cold, but also salt damage is really important for them. Um, being mindful of antifreeze, it's very toxic to dogs. So not keeping that, um, out is important, um, and make sure that we're putting it away in a spot that our dogs can't get into when the holidays come around. We have a lot of fun feasts with friends and family and making sure we're not feeding those, those human foods to our pets because a lot of them, um, are high in fat or high in sugar and that can cause some problems for dogs, um, like pancreatitis. So keeping those away from our, from our furry friends, um, decorations, it's a very for- common foreign body ingestion that can cause intestinal obstructions, so keeping those out of reach for pets as well, especially if we know that our our dogs, like our Labradors and our Golden Retrievers, who love to eat things, um, making sure that that's, that stuff is out of reach. I think those are are kind of the big things. Nice.
0: Yeah, so the booties are not just decorative or a fashion statement. They do actually serve a purpose.
1: (laughs) Definitely not, but they're also very, very cute, for
0: sure. (laughs) Which is also very important. You want to make your dog uh, look as cute as possible and reflect your fashion designs as well. Uh, Any fun tips or tricks for dog owners that you've uh, learned along the way? I
1: think that... Environmental enrichment is very important for our dogs throughout the day, especially if we're going out to work um and not gonna be be there for the day. Um so things like food puzzles can be great, um, whether you, you know, buy them from Amazon or um the store and or you make your own um muffin trays or make really good puzzles for them to put treats into or um, paper paper towel rolls. You can fold them up and, and kind of trick them out so that it releases little little treats. Um, Kongs that are have peanut butter in them that are frozen. Um, just little fun fun things for pets to do.
0: Yeah so things that stimulate not only their uh, insatiable appetite but also <laughs> uh, their minds as well.
1: Yeah absolutely very important.
0: That's very cool. I've, I've never thought about something like that. That's interesting. Uh, as dogs get older what are some good ways owners can help improve their quality of life?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm a big advocate of omega-3 fatty acid supplements. Um, they're great for joint health, for heart health, for skin health. Um, so introducing that into our, our dog's lives early can be really helpful for them. Um, biannual checkups with your veterinarian to detect diseases that can show up earlier, um, earlier on doing the screening, urinalysis, and blood work. Um, Can help just monitor their inner health really well. Continuing really good preventative medicine, so continuing our vaccines and our heartworm and flea and tick medications, and being mindful of just like our our dog's daily life. So paying attention to their their habits, like their activity levels, their appetite, their thirst, their urination, defecation, and just being familiar with their patterns and if anything seems abnormal and we're worried about it and making that appointment with your veterinarian um, to make sure that we're okay. Older dogs tend to get arthritis. So um, if you notice that your older dog is stiff when, they're trying to stand up or they're starting to slow down, having difficulty going up and down the stairs. Um, those are great intervention points to improve their quality of life because starting an anti-inflammatory pain medication can be really important for a lot of our older dogs that are, seem like they're slowing down and due to, it can be due to, to joint disease. They're also being mindful of dental disease, very common in our older patients where um it can be really tough to keep on top of tooth brushing for our pets um, because a lot of dogs will just not really love, you know, going in there with a toothbrush and, and that's the best way to prevent de- dental disease. But a lot of times we do need to do dental cleanings on our, on our patients um, to make sure that their, their teeth are looking healthy and good um, and not causing them pain down the road. So,
0: yeah, I, this is not just for older dogs, but I've noticed a lot of dogs, uh, gain some sort of anxieties uh is there any way that you've learned to to help um deter those
1: yeah so um anxious dogs stressful stressful dogs fearful dogs it's important to figure out what their their triggers are so why are they they stressed in that moment is it you know is it going to a vet visit is it objects um that they have a specific you know fear around, or is it, you know, big groups of people or, or is it other dogs and finding that trigger so that you can avoid it, um, is, is really important initially while we're, while we're working on getting them trained and and used to, um, that, that trigger in small doses and working closely with your veterinarian or sometimes a veterinary behaviorist is really important to work on that training, um, around, you know, desensitizing them to their trigger, a lot of times, using anti-anxiety medications with your veterinarian um, is also important, just because they can have very elevated levels of fear, um, and so we want to mitigate that and and improve their welfare through you know using using our anti-anxiety medications appropriately and desensitization training that we're doing with you know a veterinarian or a veter- veterinary behaviorist.
0: I've got some quick questions, possible misconceptions about dogs you can uh, Can you tell me the actual facts on these things? Uh, go into as much detail or as little detail as possible? We can go through them quick. Are dogs colorblind?:
1: Yeah, this is a great question so um They have nerve cells at the back of the eye, um, the rods and the cones that are part of the retina, and the cones are what differentiate colors. So in people, we have three different types of cones, and we can see red, blue, and green. Our dogs have cones to see blue and yellow, so red appears dark brown or gray to them. Um, Yellow, orange, and green appear yellowish. Purples look blue, Um, so they do definitely um, have some color blindness there, but um, they're also much more nearsighted than us, and they have poorer depth perception. Um, and another fun fact, dogs have these reflective cells at the back of their eyes called the tapetum lucidum at the retina, and so that, that kind of green glow that you notice at nighttime, that's, the, that's that reflective, um, reflective part of the eye that you're seeing, and that helps with their night vision, so it's a cool thing that they have that, you know, we don't.
0: Very cool. So the common misconception that they see strictly in black and white is completely false.
1: Yeah, that's not true. They can see blue and yellow.
0: Perfect. Uh, dogs eating grass because they're sick.
1: Yeah. So a lot of dogs will eat grass. A lot of healthy dogs will eat grass, um, and they won't feel sick or vomit afterwards. Um, it's a foraging behavior that's instinctual for a lot of dogs um, and oftentimes doesn't mean anything's wrong. Um, Grass and most herbage, though, does have a compound called calcium oxalate in it that can be upsetting to their their stomach and their intestines. So some dogs do vomit after eating a lot of grass or a lot of plant material. This actually does bring up a a good point about parasite prevention as well, because dogs that like to eat a lot of grass, um, there is a lot of intestinal parasite larva um, in the soil that they can be exposed to. So that is a, a point where they can... They can pick up intestinal parasites. Um, So it's, again, important to be on preventatives. Um, But, yeah, usually dogs will eat grass and be just fine. But some dogs do vomit, and that's okay, too.
0: A wagging tail means a dog is friendly.
1: Yeah. Dogs give us a lot of visual clues um, to tell us how they're feeling. So a relaxed or happy dog will have ears um, that are forward or in a neutral position, They'll have um, a closed mouth or a slightly open mouth with their with their tongue hanging out, looking very relaxed, and their tail carriage will either be um, soft and loose or they'll be wagging their tail. More anxious dogs may look like a dog with their head turned away or they may be avoiding eye contact, um, looking to the sides, lip licking. Um, they might have their tail down, um, but generally a, a wagging tail um, does mean that that dog is in a relaxed or comfortable state. Um, I would say that if we're approaching any dogs, it's always very important to ask an owner um, if it's okay to approach their dog because some dogs um, can be anxious around new people. So um, that that happy wagging tail can quickly change. So always important definitely to ask owners if you can come and pet their dog or come say hi.
0: That's a great tip. One dog year equals seven human years.
1: So this one doesn't have much accuracy as, to it, especially because the, the lifespan of, of a dog is definitely different depending on if they're a small breed dog or a large breed dog. Great Danes, they can live between 7 and 10 years, and Chihuahuas can be 14 to 16. So definitely quite a wide range, um, and we we kind of look at a, a dog's lifespan as general Um general life stages within, within that life. So, um, different recommendations for screening diagnostic tests at your vet. Um, it, it's usually based off of that kind of life stage that they're at, um, depending on their breed. So yeah, the seven years isn't, there's not much fact in that one. No.
0: Sure. A cold, wet nose means a dog is healthy.
1: Right. So a wet or dry nose doesn't tell us much about the health status of a, of a dog, there are mucus-secreting glands within the the nose, and a special duct that runs from the inner corner of the eye to the nose, called the nasolacrimal duct, that helps keep the nose wet um, and moist. And the a wet nose is important for a dog because it helps the scent particles stick better to the nose. And smell is a huge part of how dogs interpret the world around them, so that that is important. But a warm, dry nose can be perfectly normal for a dog too. I would say concerning changes to the nose would look like um, changes to the pigment of the skin of the nose. If you notice any sores or redness or dry, hardened cracks in the nose, um, if you notice excessive mucus coming from the nose or there's blunted fluid coming from the nostrils, swelling changes to the muzzle would be concerning and you'd want to see your veterinarian for those things. But I would say a, a warm, dry nose isn't isn't worrisome.
0: Very good a dog 's mouth is cleaner than a human 's
1: yeah dog's mouths are certainly not clean <laughs> <laughs> they contain a large amount of oral bacteria, um, and it 's why it 's so important when a dog 's looking excessively at a spot of skin um, or at an incision site or a wound um, the, that area of skin will become infected very quickly from that oral bacteria that they 're introducing so. It's why the, the dreaded e-collar or the cone is so important after surgery or wound care um, or in dogs with um, bad allergies if they're licking a lot because um, it's trying to prevent that transmission of bacteria from their mouths. Um, so, yeah, certainly certainly not clean.
0: Got it. So it's not necessarily so they don't reopen an incision, although I'm sure that's part of it, but to not spread the bacteria to the, the wound. Interesting. You can't teach an old dog new tricks.
1: I would say um, this one's definitely not true, especially if your dog's food motivated. I think that's a big... A big part of training is if they're food motivated or toy motivated, it'll be a lot easier to train them. Um, I think keeping in mind the limits, though, of senior geriatric dogs, because again, they often have arthritis, so they might not be as mobile as they once were. So different positions or movements might be more painful for them, like rolling over or going from a a sitting to lying down position or back up. So just being mindful of of their, their movements.
0: It's okay to leave your dog in a car with windows closed on a hot day.
1: Yeah, it's, it's never okay to leave dogs in the car on a hot day, even if the window is cracked open or you're only playing, planning on being gone for a short period of time. Um, you think it's only mildly warm out. It's just not safe for them. Um, dogs don't have the ability to sweat like people do when they're covered in fur, so they can't release heat um, like we do, and their internal temperature can rise very quickly. Um, Especially senior dogs, brachycephalic breeds like your pug or bulldog with the short face, or arctic breeds—they're they're at increased risk for heat stroke. So always best to just leave leave our pets at home if we're running errands where there's more space and more water and a cool environment for them to be in.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Dogs can't eat chocolate.
1: So chocolate contains a chemical called theobromine um, that is a toxic to dog toxin to dogs, um, as well as it contains caffeine, So dogs can't metabolize theobromine or caffeine as well as people can. So they're much more sensitive to their effects. And the signs of toxicity can take several hours to become apparent um, and can last for several days. And and signs that we can see are vomiting or diarrhea, increased thirst or urination, restlessness, panting, um, a very fast heart rate and blood pressure. um, And in severe cases, we can see muscle tremors, seizures and heart failure. Um, So it's very important. Important if our dog has had a a chocolate ingestion to call ASPCA Pet Poison um, and start a case with them, as well as bring your dog into the closest veterinary clinic that's that's ER to induce vomiting and get further care. Milk chocolate um, is definitely has a definitely has a less higher concentration of theobromine than the darker chocolate like baker's chocolate which can be a little bit more scary but we can still see signs like pancreatitis with that Um, and so we can still see vomiting and diarrhea with that with that chocolate ingestion so always really important to to go to your veterinary clinic right away if you notice that your dog has eaten chocolate
0: yeah so that one's definitely true are there any other food items that a dog should not eat that are regularly found in houses
1: oh that's a good question so Grapes and raisins are toxic, um, onion and garlic in high amounts. Um, I would say fatty foods or high, high sugar foods in general that are human foods um, can cause pancreatitis or vomiting and diarrhea. Of course, any like human medications can be very toxic to dogs like acetaminophen um, or ibuprofen. So we want to keep those away from, from our pets.
0: Great. Good note. More of a personal question: Do you have a list of your favorite breeds that you've uh, found over the years?
1: Yeah, um, I would say I love—I really do love, you know, all dogs. And I would say that you know I love mixed breed dogs. I love pit bulls hold a special place in my heart because I think they have the biggest smiles when they're when they're happy. So <laughs> that is I really true. really love those guys.
0: Very cool. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you being on the Palatine Parkcast. And a special thanks to Golf Rose Animal Hospital for being our dog sponsor throughout the entire year, sponsoring all four of our dog events and our dog park, and for setting up this conversation with Dr. Sophia Simone. So thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate you.
1: Of course. <laughs>